Hey guys, how's it going? This is all about the game with Sata. And today we have the man from Ahmedabad, Vidit Vagela with us. He's a former junior national tennis champion. And he's going to talk to us about American tennis, his experiences, the pros and the cons, and how you can get there. So let's hear what he has to say. Hey, Vidit, how's it going? It's going good, man. How are you? Good, good. Thanks for coming to the show. Yeah, yeah, no problem. Happy to help. Sorry? Happy to help. <laughs> Great. Um, so tell me, man, how's, uh, how's everything in uh, Ahmedabad lockdown scenes? Um, nothing special as it's been everywhere. Um, staying in the house, chilling, working out, doing some work, um, listening songs, playing PUBG, everyday life, watching shows and movies. Nothing okay. else. Great, great, great. So, uh, yeah, let's get started. So, tell us how you got started with tennis. Mm-hmm. Where did you start? Uh, which academy and um so i was i was five when i started tennis uh, it was right after the 2001 earthquake that we've had mm-hmm. um, my parents thought that my sister and i should do something you know try to get the our our heads off from what was going on around because everywhere everything was just so negative so right. we went to this uh, saint xavier school in Ahmedabad. Uh, that time my cousin used to play tennis there so I just went with him played for a couple of days I hated playing it obviously mm-hmm. because all I wanted to do was play cricket but oh. <laughs> um, somehow I started it I stuck with it which was the biggest thing for maybe a couple of years and day by day I just I just grew into it I just enjoyed it so amazing that's how basically I started it so how how often uh, did you play like during your when between your uh, from the age of 5 to 10 12 how how often were you playing like were you like completely focused on tennis or how did it go uh, i won't say i was focused on tennis or i wanted to make a career out of tennis but uh, i was playing it every day i used to have a school in the afternoon so I used to get done with school around 4, 4.30 and then I used to go and play tennis. So that was basically how my day used to be like. Right. Uh, go to school, go to tennis, come home, have dinner, sleep. Um, repeat the same thing. But uh, yeah, so the only time I've stopped till since then would be some injury breaks or mm-hmm. just one break that I took, you know, like get my mind off tennis. Right, right, right. So, uh, your juniors, how were your juniors, like, how, when did you start traveling for tournaments? And did you just play local ones or you kept traveling, uh, you know, to other uh, states as well? Um, the first state tournament I played was when I was, it was an under-8 tournament. I remember the year, it was 2003. I'm not sure as to... Um, uh, 
what magnitude of tournament it was, but I'm pretty much sure it was big because it had kind more or less it had every player in the state from every age group playing in it. Oh, wow. Since um, it started from under eight and it it went on till men's and veterans, so it was like everyone playing in. Um, I did not start traveling to play to get into rankings or like focus on a national ranking till I was. 13 or 14 mm-hmm. because um, a couple of things um, I used to get told at that time was um, it's not necessary to do it. You don't need to do it. You need to focus on other things. And I wasn't sure if I wanted to be a tennis player. I mean, yeah, I just knew I want to play Wimbledon, but mm-hmm. I didn't have a realistic goal. Mm-hmm. And honestly, if I if I can respond to that question from current logic, I would say uh, me or my family didn't have a plan as to how to do it or what to do because we didn't have anyone to guide us. Right. So, do you think like, uh, you know, even youngsters these days, like even those who are starting off, like by the time they get to their, you know, juniors or their under 12, under 14, the six, seven years that they've spent should have, should be planned in a better way or should it just be that, you know, you start planning when you're 12 or 13? Everyone has a different approach to it, but I feel like uh, according to me and maybe someone, a lot of people who agree with me would be focus should be like, if it's your primary focus, start it when you're around 12 or 13 only. Till then, enjoy the sport. You don't want an 8-year-old, a 9-year-old or a 10-year-old to be like, you know, spending 8 to 10 hours on a court Mm -hmm. because by the time he's 13 or she's 13 or 14, he's going to hate the sport because yeah. all he or she has seen is just the bad parts of it. And yeah. when you're putting in, um, you know, such high intensity energy and efforts at that small or young of an age, it's it's actually hard because you're not going to get results that early. And if that happens, that's going to have a very negative impact on those kids growing up. Yeah. So, uh, one important, I mean, interesting question that I have is uh, when you're in your development uh, stage, right? So, you're in your juniors, uh, how do you balance it between, you know, there are a lot of things where you want to win, you care about your rankings, but then sometimes you win at the cost of improving your game. If you're being able to understand what I'm trying to say, like probably hitting harder, hitting slower and getting the balls in play instead of you know, trying to, you know, be more offensive and hitting the ball hard? Um, I don't think... The, uh, see, now again, everyone has a different way of doing it. Uh, sometimes when you start playing the tournaments at, at the starting stages, you actually don't know certain things, you know. Like right now, people are getting knowledge or, or what type of game style you have or what kind of surface you prefer or your game style suits that surface. Yeah. Uh, you know, things like that. There are a lot of things, you know, this coaches nowadays would tell you. Uh, at a certain stage, it does have an impact on your game. But when I used to play or when I was at that stage, uh, everything, every time we wanted not just me it's we because everyone went in the court with the same thing like we want to win and we are kids so we either we either win or we lose and we start crying because we don't know what else to do and none of us ever you know kind of crossed uh, 
you know, shattered a ceiling to do something else. Like all I remember was when you're juniors, everyone's playing slow and lofty balls. Right. Uh, whoever's hitting hard is not going to survive in under 14. But as soon as you hit 15, 16, uh, the thing around you changes. Everyone's getting taller. Everyone's getting stronger. You can't play those slow, loopy balls anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the the sense of play starts coming into you when you start playing a lot more matches into it. And I won't say practice matches, I would say tournaments because there is a different mechanism that you have when you go in and play a tournament. Okay. Uh, you, you're mentally more present in, the, in there. A lot of people actually feel nervous at the start. I used to have the same, you know, um, this kind of, my body would start tingling before I used to go in a match. But this kind of things actually help me focus and play. Uh, play better, you know. With with times and with opponents, you start adjusting, and then that's how you start getting better. Of course, right. Uh, so, um, tell me about your uh, national championship that you won. Okay, um, that was in 2014. Um, right. I was actually not planning to play under 18 because I only had three months left. Mm-hmm. Um, I went in to play men's tournament. Um, I also was in my, I started my second year of college. I was unsure about if I'll get an admission in a U.S. college and I'll go there. Uh, me and my parents were actually searching for, you know, some career opportunities for myself to do it because as long, we knew that we couldn't, afford to, you know, let myself continue on a professional route. Right. So, uh, went into play at the men's tournament. Uh, I was playing my final round of qualies and uh, I traveled with my dad then, back then. Uh, I lost a miserable match. It was a long one. I could have won it easily. I still remember it. Uh, but I was not in a proper... Uh, sense of mind. I didn't convert certain balls that I had to and mm-hmm. I was not physically strong to do that and I started cramping. Now, I won't blame I won't blame my cramps for the loss. Uh, I would blame myself. I could have converted it but whatever. I lost that match. Um, I was unhappy. We waited to get in the lucky loser. Um, considering my luck, I would never get to be out. Mm-hmm. I would ever get in. No, we didn't. Uh, now, I still wanted to play matches. I mean, I was there. Um, so, I requested my dad. I'm like, what's going to happen? If I'm not playing good, I'll lose in a couple of rounds. If you go right. home, he's like, you're not in a proper shape. Um, you just cramped. And I know my body. It's going to take me like at least two days to, you know, get myself fully functioning. Right. Without any kind of soreness left from the cramps. Right. I'm like, I'll take a look. If I'm not feeling well, at least do the ticket for tomorrow night so we can play the first round and lose. I can go home. He's like, okay, you're not playing doubles. I'm like, okay, we'll play singles. Um, started playing singles. It was someone from Maharashtra. I won't take the name. Mm-hmm. I don't want to embarrass him. But um, he won the first set. He was winning pretty easy. He was also up 4 1 or so in the second set. I actually gave up. I'm like, just two points away. Get the tickets and I'll go home. And then that guy started losing his school because this is when he said, you know, I started adjusting to it. I was just putting the balls in play because I couldn't hit. Uh, otherwise, I would start cramping again. Right. I converted that match. I was in one round. My dad is like, you can stay if you want. 
going home because I need to take care of business. I'm like, all right, you can go home. Day by day, I started getting better. Um, you know, I just went in, enjoyed my last ever juniors tournament I was ever going to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, it turned out pretty well for me. So I just went in 100% every single day. Six days in a row, six matches. Done. <laughs> Incredible. So you won the tournament being a lucky loser. No, no, no. I, I didn't get in in the men's. This was under 18. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't lucky loser. I was around... 30, 35 in the national rankings back then. So I got in Mindra. But on the way, I did. But on the way, I defeated four seeds. So I was basically unseeded. Mm -hmm. uh, Underdog, but whatever. I didn't consider myself underdog. People around me who considered me underdog. Incredible. So this was the uh, Chennai Nationals or the Delhi Nationals? I don't uh, remember. Nah, Fenesta. Early, yeah. Okay, great. Well done. Um, okay, so <laughs> thanks. I wanted to um, talk to you further about what you did after that. You spent a year in the men's circuit, I guess, a year or two. Uh, I did play men's circuit, but it was around the time of that till till December, three more months, and then I got an offer to go into college in January, and I. I took it and I went to US. Yeah. Okay. So the US uh, scene comes up. Tell us about your experience in America. Um, honestly, I expected I would get into a better college, but somehow I was not because uh, I didn't have a good junior ranking. Highest I had was 480. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of factors going into that. I, I won't say I was a great player in juniors, I was just a decent player. My potential was untapped, considering I play much better doubles and singles, and I didn't even try till then. But yeah, I went to college in January after doing a year and a half of college in India. Uh, I did a year and a half at that college at Monmouth University, and then I transferred to University at Buffalo from where I graduated. So I, it was a three and a half year stint at at a U.S. college. Experience, um, I don't know. I would say it, it went both the ways. I had positive experience and I had a negative experience. Um, negative in the sense, it's just just negative, small part of it, but negative in the sense that I couldn't achieve any of the co- college courses that I had set for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, considering what I at least you know like the parameters that you set for yourself I was setting it like I'll do this the second year I'll do this much the third year I'll do this much the fourth year but it was like I just stayed here all the four years mm-hmm. um, that was the only negative thing I had in my life uh, I was suffering a lot mentally you know the psychological side of sport because I wasn't able to handle um the the losses in a proper way i was just not there mentally i started not enjoying the sport mm-hmm. i started to take some break as to i would request the coach to not make me play at least for a couple of weeks so i can get my head straight because you know um 
polish tennis is not like you going to play a match for yourself you win or you lose it doesn't matter it counts a lot because you playing for the other your teammates out there you playing for your college so it's like you play the mini davis cup for you you know like the college is your country and you represent it and i never felt that uh, um, you know if i'm there i should give my 100% or i should not do it at all because it's there's two more players apart from me who are ready to take a place in the in the in the lineup and play uh, so that was one of the negative things mm-hmm. uh, now when i say negative you will also think but i won um, two conference titles out of four in my seasons there so we went to national tournaments twice i was also ranked nationally i was top 60 in doubles my last year which now in see i set expectations for myself so high that i just um couldn't catch up with it or i just don't know what the reason but uh over and all i think i needed it to grow up as an individual right i needed to spend some time alone i needed to play on my own i needed to start trusting myself you know i needed this this time when i could get out of comfort zone comfort zone every single day um because i had to do everything myself you know you you're not just studying and playing you're taking care of your house you know you cook yourself you arrange for the transportation yourself I, we didn't have a car none of my teammates had a car so yeah. we used to jump fences take the apartment buses go to the college yeah. um kind of this thing um on the way i guess in this four years i made amazing friends i made amazing memories um i call them idiots we we call each other idiots for each other and somehow i don't know why but these idiots are very close to my heart um, and good thing is none of them were indians you know everyone was from different part of the country one was from malaysia one was from sweden one from czech one from serbia mm-hmm. so all of us were from different parts of countries and you know it just helps when you interact with them of course it just widens your perspective to life mm-hmm. so you just don't see it from one point of view it's from everywhere so mm-hmm. kind of these things help me develop as a person help me mature as a person i started taking care of myself um, you know i could handle myself like how you know how indian people are you know, sometimes right. you go alone and your parents are scared like how what will you do I'm like you don't need to worry about that anymore because i'm not in that shell anymore right. so in every other way i even even tennis wise i feel like it did a good effect on me i just didn't feel like it made that much impact on me just i could have gotten more out of it if i looked back at it because it has more it had more facilities than what i had back in india when i was playing here you know i could just go and play anytime i want i could go and train i could i could have done a lot more than i could have done i we have free access to physios whenever we want so just prehab work whenever we want to do you can just go and hop into a nice pub whenever you want so things like that this these are small things but they matter a lot when you're trying to do something in a very good way so overall if i get another four years i'll take it because i love playing college tennis the format of college tennis but 
uh, yeah so that's it amazing so um okay well uh, let's backtrack a bit um mm-hmm. why don't you uh, guide our users through a, a little bit of the scholarship process so at what you know rankings do you uh, recommend people uh, you know applying for scholarship or oh, let me rephrase the question um at what level does the athlete have to be to you know uh, be able to be considered for a scholarship uh, in the states for men's and women's um okay so um there are there's like different levels that you need to understand basically so i kind of explain you to the whole system that they have there um honestly everyone after 12th can go and play tennis if they want there you just need to have a decent level like my decent i'll try to define decent in a simple manner uh, if you're around 200 300 uh, either in juniors or mens that is fine mens and women's you have a decent level to go and play there um there are different criteria as to where you can go and play because you will only be able to get into a college uh, college tennis team if you match their level of tennis okay so for example if i'm going at xyz college i'm not going to get into the team if the coach over there doesn't seem like i'll be a nice match in the team right now they have different ways of you know judging a player um, currently the most that they use is something called a universal tennis rating okay is that the highly in demand ah uh, no it's not a usda thing but it came out from usa okay um it's it's an independent rating system okay. and it's preferred everywhere over the world now okay. uh it started to slowly come into you know the eastern side of the world mm-hmm. but uh it has it's basically a rating system based on um the your level of competitiveness now i'm honestly i'm not a huge fan of it it gives you you know it sets a parameter as to what kind of player you are but um it has it has flaws everything has flaws but uh utr is one of the thing your itf juniors or you know if you playing futures atp with wta that um your results help who you playing against who you're losing against how much are you competing enough that that works now it also depends as to what a player wants to do when he goes there like his his or her focus going to turn into academics when he, he or she goes there what are his or her preferences like it depends from every player to player if right. i i want to go there my when i went there i wanted to keep tennis as my main thing but for example if you go there you might want to you know just use tennis use it as a step up stepping stone get into some academic side of it not do something with your studies and then do something else so these are the different things that you do uh, in order to be eligible for a scholarship um, i think it's it's easier for women as compared to men's because in ncaa division 1 uh, every every girl who goes there is either on full scholarship or no scholarship wow which is not the same for men so 100% everything is taken care of yeah i mean sometimes 
most of the time you just end up paying for your flight tickets from here to there but right. apart from that not i mean right. sometimes you do get allowance for that but you don't have to pay anything mm-hmm. your tuition fees is taken care of your food your stay everything's taken care of amazing hey guys this podcast is powered by flow flow is a revolutionary app that helps athletes meditate and visualize their game to improve their technique and results Visualization has been the key to hundreds of successful champions like Michael Phelps, Roger Federer and Kobe Bryant. The app will be available soon on the Apple App Store as well as the Google Play Store. Further details are available on the show notes. Cheers. So, um will why don't you tell us a bit about the different divisions? Is what I'm interested in knowing is like you know mm-hmm. division 1 and division 2 and 3. that uh, i mean for those who are listening are the different um, what can you say categories of colleges um it's yeah it's kind of like they have separated the colleges into different things now i'll explain to you uh, the main is the ncaa mm-hmm. i won't say the main it's like the biggest in okay. terms of funding so ncaa is in three divisions 1 2 and 3 so ncaa division 1 has um 16 or more so you need to have 16 or more sports in total to be a part of ncaa division 1 college okay. so i would include tennis swimming football basketball baseball everything okay. if it's 16 or more you you're part of a d1 college okay. and there is a limit as to how much funding you need mm-hmm. so athletic department needs to have a certain funding for them to be in division 1 division 2 is the same thing it's just 6 15 or less sports in total okay so and the, uh, only because in uh, division 1 and division right and 3 uh, if you can it's something similar it's just about the uh, sports offered by the college yeah so um so basically one and two are the colleges that offer you athletic scholarships but division 3 doesn't offer you any sort of athletic scholarship it's just if you get in in the basis of academics you can get one in any athletic scholarship that's what they so basically there's no funding for scholarships in division 3 colleges right Okay, so uh, the next question is: As a tennis player, if you know once he gets into a division two, mm-hmm. let's say a division, uh, so shall we assume division one yeah. the best universities for tennis? Like in terms of the highest ranked players go to division one. Is it something like that? Uh, yeah. I mean, see if you're at a certain level if like top 100 in itf juniors or you having um, you know an atp ranking of around 800 900 000 or something uh, you are very much likely to get into a good division 1 college on scholarship but uh, i would say the worst of division 1 college or like the median of division 1 college and the top most of division call like top 5 top 6 top 10 maybe uh, tennis wise they are on their equivalent there's not much of a difference between them there mm-hmm. 
and uh, so so if you compare top to top right. maybe one ranks higher yeah of course okay so uh, what do you recommend a player who isn't you know that high ranked to take up should he take up you know a, a division 2 and then how do you pass through the ranks is it is there you know like a possibility so uh, suppose i'm ranked around 500 in the world and uh, i improve my game constant, constantly and then by probably by the third year i'm good enough to be you know competing with someone who was in the top 100 in uh, who was ranked in the top 100 uh is there like a path where he can directly move ahead or is he just stuck in that college or is there any uh, like a transfer option or anything of that sort yeah so uh consider the case where a player actually ends up going to a division 2 college and then after a year or two he wants to transfer to a better division 1 college there's a chance that he can do that uh all that player has to do is you know just talk to the coach get him a release that's what they call it and then he has a permission to talk to other coaches now he can choose a college that suits best for him and then decide to transfer. like so there's not that's not much complicated once you go in go there but there are certain things that you know makes you eligible uh to go and play for division 1 and division 2 right. so there's something called um ncaa clearing house eligibility center that you need to cross um they make you eligible to play there's certain requirements that you need to have certain criteria that you need to fulfill in order to be eligible that's it interesting okay so there's like uh, scholarships can be transferred as well or uh, i mean it's uh, it's you're saying it's like a properly well thought out system that uh, you know once you get in you just have to worry about you know getting better and better at your game winning matches and winning for your team and then there's no um, you know no blocks or anything you can just you can all you can get to the best college uh, for tennis if you end up doing really well yeah i mean uh, they have set the system in a very good way uh, i feel like um, it's been managed also pretty well uh, there are obviously there's some ups and downs in there but um, if you set your sights on becoming better i don't think you'll have any issue when it comes to transferring or making the most out out of what you have um any politics yeah. into the question um there always is haven't been to there, there always is like no matter what stage in life you are uh there's always going to be you know some some politics i'm not trying to blame anyone here right. uh but uh there always been instances in you know like the big colleges what they call the powerhouse of right. uh the ivy leagues like college sports huh the ivy leagues uh ivy league is not uh, i mean ivy leagues are one of the biggest colleges when it comes to academically but athletically they're not that oh, right that huge there's right. something called the you know the power 5 the power 5s are um, the five biggest conferences or leagues that uh, that we say um, it includes around 50 colleges in total and now these power 5s are like the how can i say like they are actually literally the powerhouses of making athletes and making money mm-hmm. so yeah, a lot of 
you know the rules or eligibility issues and criteria are you know influenced by what they want what they need and stuff like that so a lot of times you know the, the small colleges end up suffering or it does affect them but more or less i think it it's in good hands on a start from going pro if you're not able to grow pro just take the college if you want to do something good in tennis at least you will be able to learn a lot from there right so tell us about uh, the uh, one is tell us about the tennis facilities you can elaborate a bit more about the tennis facilities and the studies part of it like um, when you get into a decent college i'm assuming that your studies are also given equal importance from what i've heard as well yeah so um first you need to have like a decent enough grade that's you know to get into a college you need to have like a minimum to get in there. and every college has a uh, different according to their levels now once you get in you need to maintain gpa or like a certain result to stay eligible for your scholarship if you're not maintaining it you have a chance that your scholarship will be revoked so you're bound to do that now you cannot miss classes to go for practice to or any sort of other training you can only miss the classes if you're going to play the matches for the college wow or there has to be some you know some other emergency or reason to do that otherwise you're not supposed to do that it's not like uh colleges in india you know we took permission we will only go and give the exams so right, it doesn't right, work right. like that mm-hmm. you have to you have to be there on both the fronts so that's why it said like it makes you feel responsible to you know you have to manage the studies part as well and you manage the tennis part as well. does that then, uh, when i talk yeah yeah go on no no yeah so uh, does that affect you know your tennis performance when you are not being able to you know commit your um, full time to tennis or is it managed well um that depends on the individual honestly um i've seen guys who who couldn't handle it i've seen myself i would i would handle it pretty well because you know you need to take care of things right there and then you have a limited time to do it uh, i think athletes are pretty good at doing it especially right. indian athletes are pretty well uh, at least in the starting of the years it doesn't affect them yeah because we good in studies thing mm-hmm. i feel like the studies part over there is comparatively easier i won't say it's very easy it's comparatively easier than india because you don't need to spend that much time into it mm-hmm. i we have a system that the more you study um the better you are which i am completely against but um it's just that if you if you're smart enough to you know where you want to spend time you can do it because i've known people who used to just go there play tennis party for two years and then they're like oh we don't know what to do now we completely messed up our gpa uh we're not eligible for next year's scholarship and then they end up going home because all they've done over two years is you know just party and right things like that so mm-hmm. tell us about the culture there like um, there's going to be a huge cultural shock you know as an indian um going uh, to the us so there's like a lot of parties and 
drinking and whatnot like how do you mm-hmm. um, you know balance it out i mean obviously you can't just isolate yourself uh, you'll be a laughing stock i guess over there if you do that so how do you you know balance it um again it's an individual choice but yeah there's there's so much of a cultural shock uh, the first time i went there i'm like whatever was going on it just felt like it's coming straight out of a movie uh the things around you know this the scenario around it's something like a hollywood movie going on for me the first time i went to a party it was like oh what was going on some sort of movie scene or what but yeah i mean uh come especially me i'm coming from gujarat so there's not no sort of bar culture or uh, drinking right. culture over here in general so right. i was not used to this when i went there you know drinking so openly um or just just people are free there but it's more like you have to mind your own business kind of thing um now i know there's a lot of parents who have concerns over their kids getting um you know just going on the wrong side of the track because you know we won't send our kids to usa you start smoking you start drinking i'm like trust your nurturing when it comes to that if see going to drink drinking is not a bad thing but drinking a limit is something that you should have, you yeah. know like it it's going to happen he's going to grow up one day mm-hmm. he's going to not listen to you he's going to have his own identity he's going to have to make his own choices so you can't just throw him into a jail or something but uh no you know like when a person or a for an individual in general is is responsible for his own acts and whatever he commits to so uh, yes there is a cultural shock um there can be distractions if you allow yourself to get distracted otherwise i don't think there's any issue with it. Right. you know be it be it alcohol or um be it um, girls or boys or whatever yeah, yeah of course um yeah so uh, i had uh, you did not uh, elaborate more about the tennis part of it like um, the first yeah. so, these um, to... in india <laughs> um honestly um i think like the place that i was at was one of the worst places that they would consider uh, or at least to say like oh, our place sucks in terms of facilities and what we had it was much much better than whatever i've seen everywhere i traveled to in india for any of the matches that i had um i haven't been to you know bangalore or so right now we're opening up new tennis academies you know they have a lot of funding uh, i've heard that uh, rbta is an exceptional place to play tennis it has all the facilities but before that i haven't seen any place who was having all the things in together yeah so probably uh, my place harvest yeah I, i haven't been to harvest so only the places that i've traveled i yeah. haven't seen there might be but or you can say like most of the places in india don't have yeah, what we need yeah so when i went there i mean you know you start you see people complaining because you know they they're used to more things in life you know we need this we need this but uh you can you can't be more happy because if you have you have at least six courts uh you also have a place to play indoors because i went there it used to be snow it used to snow like for four or five months a year wow. so you have your indoor court so you have that taken care of uh you have a fitness trainer specifically um for your team or for a couple of things but he fo- he or she focuses solely on your team when it's it's time um, 
there are separate gyms for athletes and separate gyms for normal students. Wow. And I won't say just one because football team has their own gym because there are like 100 of players there. Every yeah. team has 100 football players, every college. So they have a different gym. They have their own different setting in the college. But apart from that, every other athlete has different gyms. When I was at Buffalo, we had three gyms. Three gyms for athletes. Wow. And they are complaining about, oh, we need more things. I'm like... <laughs> Right. You don't know what, what this is. It's a blessing for me. Right. Uh, but yeah, so you have everything there. You have um, coach that are much better than you yours. Um, you have all these things available. You have uh, a trainer. So a physical trainer is there for you. And I don't mean like a... Uh, you have a physio who's there for you. Uh, when I was at Buffalo, uh, the school itself had like 12 or 13 physios. So almost every sport would have one physio for it itself. So he would specifically, you know, just there's like a, a they'll check up your body, and just prescribe you schedule as to you need to do this, you need to do that for for injury prevention and stuff. Um, three days a week or two days a week depends according to our schedule. We used to, you know, just get into hop into the ice bath, um, recover ourselves, do other things, tapes and everything, stuff like that. So these are things that that are needed, that are, you know, that are the base of a player in, in general. It doesn't matter if you're playing tennis, you're playing cricket, you're doing swimming, but it's the base in general that you need to have, which we don't have in our country. Right. I don't know of any single place in, in the whole state of Gujarat where I can go and do an ice bath. I can do is like get, get a bathtub in someone's house or just a big tub, put some ice, put some water, hop in there. So that's what I have to do. Right. So, yeah, I mean, we face certain difficulties, but when we, when we go there, it's like we're given more than what we've ever seen. So, it's always going to be a plus-plus for us. Right. And uh, what about food? So, um, I, my first year when I was staying on campus in the hostel, I used to go and eat into the, the, the mess that we've had there. Now... When I say mess, people have a different vision of this typical Indian mess, you know, steel plates, the guys banging in things and just giving you. Uh, it's it's different, actually. You kind of get every sort of meal, whatever you want. They have, like, different stations over there. You can actually eat as much as you want, kind of buffet thing there. There's a lot of options you have. You, you just eat non-veg, you just a vegetarian or a vegan. Everything's been sorted. You don't need to think about anything else. Uh, yeah, you're not going to get Indian food over there. Uh, you know, it's just going for a buffet and expecting paneer tikka or chicken, butter chicken or naan and biryani and shit. It's not going to happen. Um, but yeah, it's you won't be sleeping hungry, honestly. Because at the end of the day, you still have milk and cereal there. You have ice cream every day, you have frozen yogurt every day. Uh, there's sandwiches and everything. So at least you will have your nutrition taken care of. You also have uh, people, you have nutritionists on campus uh, for athletes who might, if you want to, they they would help you, you know, just plan a diet plan according to what you related to. Uh, yeah. But afterwards, when I was, when I moved into my teammates in a house, I used to cook my own food because uh, I couldn't eat sandwiches for more than a certain time of my life. Mm -hmm. I hate eating the bread mm -hmm. in general. And I figured out if I'm going to stay healthy, I would do it my way. 
I don't I I can stay healthy without eating pasta every day or bread every day or sandwiches every day. So I started making my own food and turned out I like making my own food. So I kept doing it for another two two and a half years, and I'm pretty good at it now. So wonderful. And uh, the difference in the coaching, like, is there a huge quality difference? Like, there I mean, what we see through YouTube videos is. uh they keep using different equipment or uh, you know teaching different techniques your forehand you probably have you know a ball machine and so many different things that can improve your technique uh do you see a huge difference in the quality of coaching in um, the us um so yeah there are certain colleges there you feel like there is a huge gap but i won't um basically we have to say that a college it's a college and not a tennis academy so they're not going in to recruit the best of tennis coaches right. Right. they are sort of going to recruit the best of tennis managers that they are okay so i i term i use the term manager because it's it's very much like how you know how football as a manager skill you know managing the team but he also is called coach sometimes so right. college tennis is more or less like that because you know players are going to come in and you're not going to make any player you know everyone is going to come at the age of 17 and 18 so they are already um kind of half ready when they come in right. you're not going to get any raw players you're not going to make an amateur learn tennis so you have to manage them in such a way um i don't think there's a lot of work being taken care of technically at the age of 18 honestly and right. one's going to mess with your um forehand or backhand or so right. more or less if there's something missing that you don't know or you don't know how to take care of it like i used to have like i was not confident on my volleys i don't know how to play volleys i didn't know how to place myself for volleys um i worked on that there because you know i my development was zero there so i took it up from there so basically i learned that you you learn things but i think most of the things that they do is tactically you strategically you learn a lot because you go every day you playing against teammates more or less they are of your level so that's that's one of the big things that we as indians appreciate it because we wherever we play we're not used to having a bunch of um players with us or especially for me it was like that before i went to usa because i was playing alone i didn't have anyone to practice with me. i used to play with 15 year olds who couldn't handle the pace or i have to go somewhere else to play with them right so these things something like this has kind of helped me but coaching wise now of course it's going to differ from college. a college coach to another college coach yeah it's like the mentality of a coach differs you know some are actually very vocal about things and playing for college i've seen that they teach you certain things but at that point you don't realize how important they are or how much it can help you but i i figured it out after finishing after graduating when i started playing again couple of futures i played the importance of positivity and showing energy on the court it was something that we learned in college tennis i was not taught that before in junior career or by anyone else you know you need to be upbeat you need to be vocal you need to be positive because our thought process in college is even even though if you're losing a match you have another five play, players playing for your college and you need to do as much you can to contribute in their win even if you can't win right. so it can be anything you can extend your match 
or you can you know just make them feel positive so there's a thing in college that you'll see every time there's they're shouting you know like every college is a mascot that's what they're called and every couple of points they're shouting i mean there's always a lot of cheering going on inside the court by the players you know not from the outside crowd but by the players like this is something that you learn there and that kind of creates an energy inside of you some sort of motivation positivity you know to get mm-hmm. yourself through the match or whatever it is mm-hmm. um and I, it has helped me a lot in a couple of matches even after graduating because that kind of became my habit to do it right. and that has carried me towards uh, through to a lot of different situations in my life then very interesting so uh, before we move on to the last segment um take us through the like you mentioned the uh, cheering take us through the tournaments and the whole circuit like how do you go about it like the team structure and um, uh, the matches the traveling uh, part of it if you can um basically the structure of what we played was um there's three doubles matches at at the start and there's then there's six singles matches followed by now it's a it's a best of seven point structure so out of three doubles you need to play uh, win at least two okay if you win two you get one point and then each singles is worth one point so that's total seven points there uh, you need to have at least six players in the team you know to to play that because there's three doubles and six singles right. now the it's always like there's one two three in doubles and there's one two six in terms of their playing ability so you can say that the first player or the first team is the best in a team as compared to the last um so how it works is when you are in the season which is the spring semester where it starts from january that's where the real season starts you start playing other colleges and you are either traveling to that college or that college comes to you uh, so you're either playing at home or away and you play in this format uh, it usually takes about 3 hours i would say 3 mm-hmm. three and a half to get done with one match um sometimes you also end up you know this four or five colleges meeting at one place mm-hmm. and then they do it for the weekend so they're playing each one one on friday one on saturday one on sunday things like that or you're on saturday and sunday uh but it, it's not an individual match it's not a, there will be a draw and you'll play matches like that it's, it's a team sport and it's it's an inter college events every time you do it so most of the time in the season every weekend possibly you're on road either you're on road or people are coming to you now if you are if you are playing for a mid major college or a smaller college um there is a high probability that you are on the road most of the weekends because you're not going to play a lot of matches at home as compared to the colleges who are big on budgets of their own facilities so they are going to play at home right the ratio about there is like 50 50-50 but we used to have only four matches or five matches max at home and we used to travel for the other 15 17 something like that so 
this is this is how traveling works and in off season which is the fall semester that that is more of an individual tournament um according to your level of tennis especially so there's an event in which there's 20 colleges or players from 20 colleges coming in so they would make like six or seven draws of different players out of which you know one the one draw will have like the top one players from all the colleges or couple of number 2s and then others is of number 2 and 3 something like that so this is how the the tournament and events in falls are mm-hmm. falls semester is happening mm-hmm. so and basically uh, this is what the tournament structure looks like okay and uh, is there like uh, uh, you know people come other people coming to watch the matches is it like a different vibe completely yeah so uh, when you playing home matches there's there's a chance that depends in depending on who you're playing or what that you know what the scenario is uh, there are players there's there's crowd there um when i was at buff met bonmouth i did not have a crowd more than 100 people ever uh in buffalo there were instances i would say three or four times when we crossed 300 400 people in the crowd what uh, these are usually the times yeah <laughs> these are usually the times when um you know you're playing like a match that determines your ranking in the conference or it's like the final match of the conference when you need player you need the home advantage to be taken care of something like that that's when you request the community to show up and do that right. and now again we were a small college so it was only the people in around would come and show up but um there are colleges where they have had attendance of 600 700 on a regular basis wow. there's 1000 people around come and see your match uh, it happens in the big colleges the big matches because you get to see a high level of tennis right. so yeah um people do come and it does help a lot but it also fires back on you if you don't know how to handle that so right. yeah yeah oh wow so there's like a huge difference because you know in indian um, in the indian tournaments as the as the tournament progresses when you reach the semis and finals it's just you the opponent and probably the chief guest and nobody else maybe one or two uh, players from the academy who comes to watch you play and uh, maybe like for a nationals you have like 20 to 30 people and here on a regular basis like i mean at least you have at least 100 to 200 players people watching you yeah i mean if if no one else you at least have the the counterpart of the team there right, right. the women so there's, there's going to be women tennis there to support mm-hmm. you there's going to be their coaches and a couple of other players who you know just playing there or practicing if you're going at a club then it's going to be the other players who going to be there mm-hmm. so it's at least there. but in, in in india i still remember the time when i won one fenesta I would say there won't be more than 15 people in the stand yeah. including including the ones uh, who are going to play under 14 and the 16 yeah, right. next week so <laughs> yeah yeah it's, it's like it's so different here so i i'm sure it must be an incredible experience yeah I, it does you know kind of it's just sort of an adrenaline rush that you have especially i think the, the best part of this thing is um so consider the match is tied at 3-3 you the last person playing in um 
the last sets going on it's going close a four all or five all or something like that this is where actually the the pressure kicks in right. and you know the home advantage might help you because i've done that maybe three four times in my life mm-hmm. uh, where i was the last person playing in i've lost and i have won but the thing is that last person being on the court considering you look at the other people's faces you look at the teammates face you look at the coach and you realize that everything's on you now you're the lone wolf out there you need to do everything on your own now you know figure out everything right. just be the better person than uh, the the one who's on the other side of the net right. so that's what is actually fun i would say wow. so i can totally picture it it's i mean i, I feel everyone deserve every tennis player deserves this type of an experience at least right i mean you yeah not- you should have at least once in your life that yeah. yeah because i mean yeah there are a few leagues maybe once a year that to for the top players uh, in india but i don't think any player who is ranked between 50 200 150 can experience you know something like this in india no it's, i don't think um, we have a proper system of doing things for tennis so. right so okay uh, with it now let's go to the last segment mm-hmm. after so tell me uh, tell me about what happens after you're done you graduate what are the different options i want to know can you stay back in the us what can you do do you decide to take uh, you know go pro Where, how do you decide do you, if you should go pro or not based on your rankings and um, should you come back to india what's the better choice what are the options available if you can just you know briefly take us through that mm-hmm. so um you always have an option of going pro whenever you want to uh, there's no one stopping you um you can go back to your your country from where you are it can be india or anything anywhere else uh, you can choose to go and train makes any country your training base uh, the thing is you'll have to change your visa status if you want to stay in usa because when you go in there you are on student visa so you need to change the status to uh, tourist or sports or some other visa whatever depends on um that's one option you can train um as far as it comes to staying in the united states i don't think you're allowed to stay there unless you you know fulfill certain requirement which would be getting a job or getting an opt as they say um another option which i said before it's it's like you take up a job if you're not willing to continue with the sport uh you find a place to work who's willing to help you you know give employment and then sponsor you to stay in the country so there is another option or you can not go pro or you can not stay in united states or get a job there you can come back to country do do your job there or do on the business there whatever you want to do. so these are the couple of options that you have okay, so hey guys this podcast is powered by sports culture sports culture aims to create unique experiences and memories through sport by conceptualizing and organizing the best sports events in town they manage events for grassroots tournaments to corporate sports events 
Be sure to connect with them for all your sports event requirements. Their website is sportsculture.com with a Z and a K. Further details on the show notes. Um, I know a couple of our friend, our mutual friends who have stayed back, uh, you know, as uh, an assistant coach and whatnot. So that is probably another thing you can do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and uh, what about the degrees? How valuable are they? Like the American degrees that you get through, you know, tennis scholarships and whatnot in India right now. Do you think uh, they have a good weightage? Or is it just the Harvards and Stanfords that are doing well in India? Uh, that depends on where you're trying to go and use it. So, okay. uh, yeah, those those big words like Harvards and Stanfords and Columbia, they, they do have a, they do have a weightage to them. Um, but I don't know if the degrees actually matter a lot if you're doing something else other than a job mm-hmm. related to that. So right. where you need to go and take a resume, you need to st- uh, state in it what you've done, what you have done undergrad in, if you've done masters and what, or you're planning to do something else. It, it doesn't matter if you're doing something in other field mm-hmm. or doing a business. It's not going to matter unless, yeah, it matters when you end up doing an arranged marriage. It increases your market value apparently. That's what I've been told. But yeah. I have... A degree is as valuable as nothing if you're not doing a job. So degrees are for the people who want to do a job, basically. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, how long will it take to, you know, transition to a like a pro? So you, I mean, obviously, yeah, the ranking matters, but uh, even then, there's like, like you said, the whole structure is different. So when you go back to your old, uh, I mean, not the old, but the international system of ranking, like you again need to start progressing through the qualifiers of tournaments. You start from scratch mm-hmm. again, uh, or am I, is there, you know, ways where you can participate in these tournaments in between and then so that you can, you know, kick off from somewhere in the middle? Okay, so um, first thing I'd like to clear is that everywhere in the world, Especially in India, we have this misconception that um, if you decide to go to college, you cannot play on the tour. Okay. That is one of the... That's a false thing that you'll hear because mm-hmm. the college doesn't stop you from playing the futures. It's just that there is an issue if you are making more than a certain amount of money okay. as your income, if that okay. happens. Now... The criteria is you cannot make more than $10,000 a year okay. or that is before you get into the college. Now, yeah. it's impossible to make $10,000 as income apart from expenses. You're not going to do it unless you're winning futures. Of course. Now, if you're going to be winning futures, there's a higher or there's like 90% of chance you're not going to get into a college. Because you're already above, you know, like your top 300, your top 400. So if at the age of 17, 18, you futures or winning a couple of futures, honestly not going to get into college and trying to go pro directly from of there. Course, right. So that is out of the question. Now, mm-hmm. for, for the other side of, or for the other rest of the players, um, a college semester is about 
14 to 15 weeks. So mm. consider two semesters, 28 to 30 weeks. There's 54 weeks a year. You have 24 weeks left to do whatever you want on your basis, on your choice. Right. So out of 24, you take taking rest for four or five, six weeks. You still have 18 weeks to participate in at least 10 tournaments if you want to. Very and out nice. of those 10 tournaments, you can play 10 futures and do it your way. So, yeah, the college does give you enough time to, you know, if you want to participate in a national tournament, go back to your country and play national tournaments to maintain national ranking, or go and play futures if you're eligible to get in. Try to make points. If you have points, then, make, you know, just uh, defend those points or get better in ranking. Yeah, you're free to do that. No one stops you from doing that. Very interesting. Oh, I, I, I mean, I'm sure a lot of our listeners will would have no clue about this. I mean, me being uh, playing professionally for so many years, I didn't know that. Uh, I thought you'd have to, you know, take a call between either college tennis and futures. I mean, going pro, there's no in between. But this is a very interesting point. So, um, okay, good and. Uh, could you give us like a basic average? The thing that we like in India is uh, yeah. A, yeah. a basic what? Sorry? A basic what? Yeah, could you give us a basic um, uh, idea about what it, it can cost, you know, to get into a decent uh, above average tennis university? I mean, university that has a decent tennis program going on um the call the cost differs actually from uh, what scholarship you have and the different types of things that you have um only thing i can i can um kind of guarantee you would be 95 i won't i won't put a number but i can say around 80 85 90 percent of the people in men's are not going to get a full scholarship wherever they go Okay. It's going to be a partial and um, it can range anywhere from between, you know, like 20, 30% to 80%. Okay. Now, every college that you plan to get into, you're going to have two sorts of scholarship there. One is going to be an athletic scholarship. So one is going to be an academic scholarship. So depends on how good of an asset is for you're having. Right. Um, that will help you get academic money and then the rest will come from the fund. Mm -hmm. So that this combination makes your total scholarship money. Now there's no, there's no approximate cost because college in USA range from consider like 20 to $25,000 a year to $80,000, $85,000 a year. So you don't know where your tennis level would match. Right what you'll end up doing it's just about how much budget you're willing to have then you start looking for colleges right. accordingly mm -hmm. interesting okay so um you still feel that i mean uh if you calculate the tennis costs and the college costs and the traveling costs in india and you compare it to um, america so any college that you know does like around 30 to forty thousand dollars, it's still a steal so it's much more it's a more economical option to uh, go to america or it's it basically it depends on your choice 
it does depend on your choice and how much money you have to spend for yourself mm-hmm. on your career because consider for example if you have a 60% scholarship or a 50% scholarship for the first year because there's chances that every time you go in as a newcomer uh, you're going to be on less money as compared to your second or third year because you know the seniors are the closest to now um, you know they are the core of the team they've been in the team for 3 years they're going into the last year so the coach has you know like we're happy with what you've done we'll give you some more money so right. that it's it's not um it doesn't expand your pocket for the next it's not heavy on your pocket for your last year. so something like that so it's a basic thinking that the seniors are on the least money the newcomer is on the okay. um uh, least scholarship um is given to the junior uh, newcomer so um starting from there um if you're planning your year properly taking care of necessary expenses in both the semester you can use the rest of your money from the budget for summer or couple of weeks in the winter to play the tournaments but mm-hmm. yes everything comes down to your budget at mm-hmm. the end of the day right amazing okay so um what do you think of the state of uh, tennis in india do you think there's things are improving or um, or is it improving at a really slow pace a lot can be done mm-hmm. okay i don't want to sound too harsh or i'm not against anyone here right, but being a product of indian tennis uh, see i'm i'm happy for all the players that have been doing exceptionally well on the tour um sumit played around my year i'm happy what how much is achieved it's been a dream for all of us to do that um uh, the same goes for prajnesh ram kumar mukhon every, everyone's on the tour i'm sorry if i didn't mention any names but uh, if you look at that uh, consider uh, take into take into example uh, i'll consider take for sumit for example prajnesh ram kumar mukhon consider their route that they have taken the years that they have spent right you will see in that portfolio that they have not stayed in indo country so things are improving but we still not at the level that we want to be now everyone expects to you know be the best player that can that they can be that is something realistic of course not everyone can be a champion not everyone is going to win a grand slam or be top 20 top 50 but you need to be the best version of yourself you yeah. can be and you you want to use your potential to most you can but the thing that comes here is we lack sponsors um we lack the facilities to do it it's not like we can't have that india is a rich country we have money here we just don't know how to spend it maybe or we don't have people who would want to spend it i don't think uh, the people who are on the top of the sport uh they are not educated or knowledgeable enough to spend the money i it's no i don't feel like there's a willingness to do it and of course i'm not an expert i don't have any um and right to say it it only comes down to the you know popularity of the sport as well yes and not just the sport popularity of the player because um i understand that it's not going to be taken the right way if this reaches there but if 
Somdev or if Mahesh or Leander, they're going to speak it. Of course, they've been the, the greats of our sport, but I feel like they could have been much better than what they have been if tennis was in better hands or tennis was in a better state in our country. So, I think a lot, lot can be done if we include them, you know, include their experience into governing our body of right. tennis. But I don't know what, what's going on. Right. Um, don't know the inside of uh, the association and if we have a players council or something like that. But everyone you said, like every player has lagged sponsors in his or her time. Right. Uh, Everyone is complaining about sponsors. Even um, in an interview after US Open, Sumit said that he's struggling for sponsors. Like, if you're playing against Roger Federer on on in the center court, you, you're still struggling with sponsors. I don't know what to say about the rest of the players who are going to follow him. Right. Because realistically, you need to have a certain level of um, support, financial support too cross that and in sports you know you're not guaranteed that you'll do something it's not like you're investing in a team when you can kick players out you can take players in you can kick the coaches out you know change the things like that it's an individual sport something can happen overnight you know you might get into an accident or you have an injury or something like that you just pass away you don't know what's going to happen the other day but it's one of the things that has kept us um, way lower in the sport is how much money are we willing to spend in the sport? True. Right. We don't have much, so we're not spending it. We're not having players in the form that level yet. And also, if uh, you notice that there are a lot of talented players between the rank of 20 to 100 who have done exceptionally well just you know training in India and being able to come up to that stage. And you'll notice that those who are in the top 20 I mean, I don't want to comment too much. I mean, as far as what I know, playing professionally, uh, whoever I know, I know that they have done, they have enough funds to be able to travel abroad constantly. Obviously, they're not being able to do it. Now, they want funds for, you know, a coach and a physio, which you obviously need. But they have been able to take it to that level because of having enough funds to travel abroad and, uh, you know, for tournaments and, training and those who are in the 20 to 100 they're probably not also really talented players they haven't been able to take it to the next level because they don't have those extra funds with them I mean there's not much to say here because as I said it all comes down to how much how much backing you have how much finance you have like if I'm willing to spend money if my Basically, the first support that I'll have will be of my family. So, if my family is willing to spend money, it will be from what they're having. Then, um, if they're having a lot or if they're giving me a part of it and there's a constant source of income that we have, I can spend it on my tennis, for example. I can keep going for years. But if there's a financial shortage or if you're coming from a middle class or a low middle class family, there are certain limitations that you have. And you only have a couple of years to prove it. And also... those couple of years you only have a couple of tournaments to prove it because for my entire career i haven't i haven't traveled for more than six tournaments a year so if you're traveling for six tournaments you're not going to get anything out of it in, no, on a on a futures yeah on a futures level because people are traveling for 20 25 weeks and they are still not 
just maybe they're performing or making points in like five. And honestly, if I was in those top 10% of the players, I won't be at this stage. Right. I'm in the other 50, 60%, like the high percentage of players who are there. Like we are in the decent group. Right. So it's going to make me realize that like, I need to play 100 tournaments in three, four, four years, probably four, five, four to five years to get to a certain level or ranking because I'm not one of those who will be, you know, I go and play this tournament, okay, I'll win or I'll reach finals, okay, then I can play somewhere after three or four weeks. You can't do that in future. It's not just possible anymore. Well, thank you, Vidit. Um, you've given, given us a lot of information, a lot of um, advice. And uh, now, please, it would be great if you could tell us a little more about what you're working on uh, currently to help uh, Indian athletes. Okay, so um, I started a company um, end of last year. I run it myself. It's called Athrec. Basically, it's the short form for athlete recruiting services. Um, I felt like we needed someone to guide the the players who are actually willing to take up the rule for college tennis or at least give them necessary information as to make a clear decision. Um, because as I said, there's a lot of misconceptions in, uh, that players have and that parents have about taking the college tennis route. So um, my goal is to help them, guide them, um, make the best out of whatever they have. Right. Uh, I provide a service. Um, I help them with from step A to step Z, whatever was there in there. Um, but also one of the most important things is I do it because of my um, of my willingness to help the next generation of players. Because you once you go through something, you don't want someone else to commit the same mistake or you know go through the same bad path again. If you can make them go on a nicer path. Right. So that's what my thinking has been. Now, of course, there are a couple of other people also who are doing the same work. Um, not saying that I'm better than them or they're worse than me. Only thing I know is I'm completely honest with whatever I'm doing with my client or clients. And then that helps me, um, you know, sleep well at night. That makes me happy because I just want to help them and I want to make them better or give them a good life in whatever they're doing. Wonderful. So, Vidit, um, uh, why don't you share with us uh, the different ways they can get in touch with you, either through your Instagram handle, your company's Instagram handle, or the email ID and whatnot. Okay, so um, you can reach out to me on Instagram or on Facebook. It's under my name, Athrex Services. So A-T-H-R-E-C Services. Or I have an email, which is um, vidit.athrex at gmail.com. Okay. And also on my phone number, it's always open. <laughs> it's just on, never turn it off. So I don't have a, uh, my website is currently under making. So we're working on that. Okay. It would have been up if the pandemic didn't hit us, but yeah, still working on that. So great. Okay, so what I understand is you provide a personal, a completely personalized service, and 
any athlete mm-hmm. who wants to uh, consider the options who wants to go to uh, the us who wants to take that route you provide them a complete service and what you don't uh, you don't guarantee them a seat right that is uh, not sure about that okay so um as per the laws as per the bylaws of the association ncwbsk we or any other agencies in general or an agent in general cannot guarantee you a scholarship okay i'm pretty much sure around the world there might be people saying out that we'll do it we'll do it but honestly we can't guarantee you but it's not that you can't get it right. in growing up in india having working around people being around people with a complete business mindset i understand that um this is something that they feel completely unsafe with or uncomfortable with trusting yeah. someone with their child trusting someone with a career their career and obviously their money but um yes you you never guaranteed a scholarship it's just that you have a higher chance of getting one because we know the process in and out we know the different people over there we know perfectly how to handle things we know what to do and what not to do which will be much beneficial to then doing it by yourself right and you've been there and done that already so you've done the whole process so you're in a perfect position to you know help someone else yes so the thing is if i had an option of doing this um when i was going i would have probably not taken it because i don't know how it is but i realized after going there that helps a lot because the context can help you get into a college where actually you deserve to go or that they can help you get right. had would have no service i might have ended up at a better place mm-hmm. but again something like that no one ever reached out to me or it wasn't prevalent back that then in india amazing thank you for being so transparent with it and uh, it's been an honor talking to you and um, we hope to have you back on our show again yeah no problem anytime man it was yeah. nice talking to you as well take care stay safe